you had a Jesus in the nativity. Well, that's scene, my that was my part. It to a different. But that was my part about this. Right. I was like, I was like, Santa Claus is so capitalistic. It's so commercial. I feel like it spans all races, all religions. Like I'm like. I, I it doesn't though. No, it doesn't though. That, but you, that's funny. You, you, I can't believe you said that because that's Fox News made a similar point about their Christmas tree saying <laughs> it's all religion. Okay, now I know. Like, no, no, right, so, no, it doesn't. I'm backing but, off that and, argument. Well, I'll tell you right now that I can't speak for everyone, but I know certain people. I know a few people of different mm-hmm. religions, and they do not celebrate with ours unless they want to. But it's very much, hey, our kids are exposed to these things, and we want to like take part in it too but it's not native like it's not part traditionally part of anyone else's religion originally i was um supposed to work today oh what happened and then um i looked at my calendar and i'm like why am i working on monday yeah, if you you have the rest of the week off and you just had one until day. the new year, until the new year, so That's I'm like, yeah. why am I, yeah, yeah, why am I showing up? That makes sense. Um, so <clears> I was <throat> like, yeah, whatever. But your grandparents get excited when they get to take the kids, so I didn't want to take that from them. That must be nice. That must be really nice. It's nice to have it, that. Listen, addition. having having that support network is is nice. Some would call it if it wasn't or, or if it wasn't for that. <laughs> if it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't be in New Jersey because Darry and I would probably both have experimented living in different places you know what i'm really shocked by that i'm a little surprised to be honest i think that's a that's a shocking statement you know what i'd have lost a bet if someone had said to me would jamie have let would jamie leave new jersey with no ties to new jersey i would have lost a bet because i would have been like if if i if if someone had said where would jamie live in the world well that's not true that's not true if someone had said jamie just became a billionaire where would he move to in the world i know he would abandon new jersey but with the contingencies of having a job where you work currently i would have said all right well probably he'll move back to the shore or something like if he didn't have to like actually go to an office regularly he could go back like that i mean you said billionaire so that's like tough right i'd probably have a house on every continent well you do know inflation's rising so that's why i up the level you know i i don't start a millionaire anymore because i'm like (laughs) that's just like that that's from when we were kids it's like oh scrooge mcduck he's a millionaire scrooge mcduck is he'd be poor today i mean that that'd be He'd be upper middle class. <laughs> He'd be swimming. His uh, kids are still going to public school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Huey Dewey Louie, that's public school money. <laughs> You're not getting out of that one. That that's uh maybe parochial, maybe, but uh maybe. but yeah, that's nothing special today. Yeah, I would um God, where would I live in the world if I could live anywhere? So first of all, if I had like a virtual job, I would I would like jump around i think I, I don't know where i would start i don't know where i would end up i could say that of all the places i've been to i feel like and, and i haven't been to that many and i haven't lived you know it's different to like visit a place on vacation and then like live there and see what yeah. it's really like i feel like i would be I, all right I, i'll just say i feel like it's a toss-up between france and germany mm-hmm. i feel like i would be entertained in france but I would be more comfortable in Germany. I don't. I don't know how <laughs> that makes sense. I feel I like it'd be an easier qualify a little bit. An easier transition to Germany because yeah, why? <laughs> yeah, you go into that a little bit more. 
again, I have to cut this. Like, like a narrow <laughs> get view. A, a narrow view. Well, I mean, like, I don't know where I don't know where your head's going right now. <laughs> but but when I was there, everything. Um, I will say that when I traveled there and yeah. I was trying to do things, mm-hmm. I had the least amount of trouble there. Everything was orderly. Everything was. Yeah, like well organized. Don't don't take it to a weird. Don't take it to a weird place. I'm not. Look, that's a, it's 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 a trope. I mean, look, Germans are known like like the, what do they say? Like you know, the, the trains run on time, things of that nature. You know, they're very, that is an association orderly. with Mussolini's Italy. Oh, is it? The trains run on time. That's like the oh, thing, I didn't know that. They generally yeah. think that he didn't even really improve. It's just a saying. Wow. But um, I actually have never heard that saying. So I'm I'm running on ignorance. I'm stepping into into the dog food dog doo doo and into the era that I did not want to. I'm not even I trying to. I'm trying to get to. away from that era. Actually, I look. I I feel like it's a pretty normal trope that like Germans are. You know, they're pretty. Uh, you know, they, they got a lot of rules, and you know, they're they're orderly. But I, I even, and again, I didn't <laughs> live there for that long. I was going to say, like? for some reason, I type it in felt, German other, than like, other yeah. than like in, like Britain, right? England, it just felt the most American. It felt like an easier transition mm-hmm. to there. Well, the World War II, not to this, bring it back, but like one out of every three Americans had a German ancestry. At that well, time. the old thing that I used to learn in elementary school, which I have no idea if it's true, is we are one vote away from speaking German or something when we found the country. Oh, that, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. It's something I don't know if that's true. I just remember my teachers telling me that. Um, so take it or leave it. I don't know. <laughs> Fact check, buddy. Well, I, I will say this. I mean, I, from as an English speaker who tries to dabble in learning other languages, while German written can be quite difficult because they've got like a lot of pronoun uh, specific usage. And then there's like business German and like casual German and, and things of that nature. But, um, but like, I think because of the way our our languages are structured, German is probably one of the easier languages for an English speaker to learn. So they say so it's, you see, they're, you they're related. They're, well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I was I'm not a uh, what do you call it a a linguist in that way, but just as an amateur who dabbles, German seems a little. It's a little. You you could you could wade the water. How about that? You're not you're not just thrown oh, into the deep. I'm end. thinking. And so that's where I'm getting torn. Right. From a practicality standpoint. I, and again, I went to other countries. I love Italy was amazing. I feel like I would have a harder time adjusting to those other places. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm stuck between France's just like overall culture. And and I don't know if it's like the shine hasn't worn off, but like I'm drawn to just like everything about France. Mm-hmm. And then the practicality of, all right, where am I going to get like the least stressed out if I'm only moving around every few years where I can just acclimate very quickly mm. and Germany sticks out to me just the based on, I spent probably a couple of weeks in each country just based on that. So who knows if I would have stayed longer, maybe mm. the decision would be much clearer. Well, I think it's an interesting uh, like game to play here because you, there's a, there's a difference between what country would you move to if you had to continue working? in that country and what country would you just simply move to if you didn't have to worry about personal finances at least personal finances that are derived from uh you know having to you know make make your way in that country so but i mean Mm. i feel like when you throw that out there then it's like everyone's everyone's moving to bora bora right like everyone's moving to a tropical island because they're like well you know i don't money's no object exactly money's no object right so i was just gonna say you want to create you want to like crack that middle ground there because i think if you crack a middle ground 
that could be really cool. I think the answers that people would give would be very interesting. Like, let's say you didn't have to commute to work necessarily, but you were still very reliant on the country for, you know, that you, that you, your job, your money was, was closely aligned with the stability and structure uh, of that country, but you don't necessarily have to, you know, commute to work and anything of that nature. So, cause I mean, that way it like kind of opens you up. So it's like, if you were living in France, then you're like, well, I'm living in France, you know, maybe I'll go to the South of France. Right. Because you, you still get, you're still living in France, but you're getting that, French Riviera kind of lifestyle, you know, without having to, you know, not having to go on, you know, I don't need to commute to work. Right. So you just want to enjoy some beachfront property, but you love, you know, the legislative procedures and everything about like how France governs and what have you. And therefore you're picking France. So that, that, that gets a little interesting. I think the finance part, you know, I haven't looked into because I'm not really smart in that area, but you know, where does your money go the farthest? Where are you able to build the most wealth or whatever it may be, you know, and then strategically, Oh, I see. Thinking, I was even playing if you're thinking geographically, like, all right, my home base is here, but Europe's amazing in a way where you could see everything. Yeah. Um, how can I get out and do as much as possible? Right. Um, so it, there's a lot of things to consider, but you know, from a very shallow point of view, those are the two that I've kind of zoned in on. Uh, what about you? Now that we're speaking about it, where would you, where would you go? <laughs> I think feel like I already know, but no, I actually, I've never, I, I, I don't really think about it that often anymore. Um, I'm not sure. I, 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 I'd be really boring because it will be very difficult for me to, I mean, I do. I, I love Spain actually. So this is going to be surprising. never been. And I've, and you know what? I've never been. And every time someone talks about it, it's like a total infatuation. And I, I feel like I'm missing out. I, I need to go. Seville is just, it's amazing. It's, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful city. I, I like it a lot. Um, it gets so hot there. That's the, that, that might be the one drawback. Uh, I'm not particular to extreme heat um like it gets so hot that like there's i think there's like a local saying about like being able to fry eggs on your like on your balcony in the summer um but uh but yeah i i've always i like spain i like the spanish culture um so parts of it yeah yeah i mean uh, yeah I, I mean i'm not a big fan i like i wouldn't do barcelona so i guess we're talking like east spain but um it's yeah. fair it's possible. Orig originally, I was talking about the states. I wasn't talking about leaving the country. Oh yeah, saying, like oh, Gary oh, okay. and I would, would jump around the states. Um, um, in, in the states, that's a really different. You know why? I don't like I don't like answering that question in the states because I haven't seen many states. So it's really hard to sort of. That's why around. you get to jump around, right? Yeah, but I mean, how do until you see them? Yeah, but I mean, how do you pick? Like, what am I going to say? All I, for the marketing, man. Okay, uh, look at the marketing. Psh uh utah looks nice there you go. <laughs> <Forbid>. <laughs> it is it really nice. like is it really like a dry state is that a thing i think We're so like i think you can't so. buy alcohol in the state uh no i think you can but i just think that there's probably there's a lot of dry counties maybe and mm -hmm. um and it's, the laws i think are kind of hard maybe to buy alcohol but um yeah. i mean that's the other thing it's like well i, I see utah's beautiful but i know nothing about the mormon culture and how like strong it is in utah uh, to this day you know i can only see it from television you know i don't know what it's like to live in a you know in a city that is, that is predominantly mormon you know i know you know i just there's just so many variables where it's kind of hard it's like all right i would pick utah off of looks, natural but... beauty you're doing natural beauty I, well that's the other thing i've never seen the grand canyon either so i guess i think i like it's it's <laughs> it's all relative like i don't know what natural like what is actually all right well, how about this then how about really this? Beautiful you're, this country you're considering moving out but right. you have the opportunity over the next year 
to plan three vacations, three quick trips to go scout out where your next ah, um, that's that's cool. That's your cool. next place is going to be. Where are the three places that you're going to go scout out? Um, Wyoming. Then, uh, oh wait, am I just scouting states, or do I have to scout states, cities? States okay. is fine. Let's let's. Uh, yeah, so I, I would scout the state of Wyoming. I would scout the state of Utah, I guess, and uh, and then I would think. I mean, I'm such a degenerate. I'm like, I mean, if I didn't have to commute to work, I'd probably live in Vegas. <laughs> wow. I see that coming. Are you a gambler? Do you like gambling? I love gambling. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't like it at all. I oh love my it. God. I, 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 I don't. I, if I ever, whenever I went to, I've never been to Vegas, but whenever I've been to anywhere near a casino, I literally just put some money in the slots just to say that I'm participating. Mm-hmm. I can't stand it. Nope, love it. Love the culture. Okay. I went to the um, what is it called? Craps? No, no, roulette, roulette. That's and um, my favorite, right? Roulette this is mm-hmm. a game with the wheel. Yep. And wheel. um, and I put it down. And I remember my five dollars one sixty, and I cashed out and like went went back to my hotel room. And I was smart, like, smart man. You're a smart gambler. I was just like, all right, I can't get any better than this. <laughs> you probably couldn't. You probably can't. No, I, I always know. lose money. But then, but that's what my, my look. I I have like a um. I think I mask my enjoyment of that debaucherous city. Uh, and it's like, I, in my mind, I like to think of it as a great equalizer. It's, it's, a, it's almost egalitarian in the fact that when you sit at a roulette table, you could be, you're going to be sitting next to people from all walks of life. It's very different from like a barred Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? Like you're literally you treat it like a you treat it like a senior citizen going food shopping. You're there to socialize. I, well, yeah, to to an extent, I do actually. Um, I I okay. just I I appreciate that. I think that Vegas this interesting. I I'm waxing poetic to mask the fact that you know I feel like if if left to my you own devices, yeah, yeah you, exactly. So so I'm gonna. <laughs> so I'm gonna build it up to so say you're gonna you try know. and pitch this as a cultural play. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not a smoker I, listen i i, I like the camaraderie i, I like that on the last I, episode I take... you talked about smoking as a social thing it's how you meet people and have interesting conversation <laughs> it's the same thing with gambling um oh. i mean i'm just saying you literally i mean i've sat next to tables where you know you i got you know there's a person who's literally right here like you know they're taking a trip from like asia you know and then you've got you're sitting next to Republicans. You're, you're you're sitting next to old. You're sitting next to young. You're, it's it's all different races. Like it's crazy when you sit down at a table. Like this is this is you're not going to go to a bar in any city in America and have people from all over the world possibly come in and sit next to you. And that's completely Vegas. unique of Vegas. That, that's why I love about. It. I mean, I I think that that's just brilliant and amazing. Um, aside from the you know because there's I guess there's one underlying factor that you know crosses all lines across the world cultures eco economical socioeconomical everything is 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 the is the debauchery of possibly winning some money so <laughs> everyone wants to do it <laughs> i probably i haven't been to a casino in a very long time like several years i think the last one was like a work trip to ac mm-hmm. and um and i always and i probably have to up this limit because it's may not be right for today but i i've always told myself it's entertainment and i will spend no more than 40 dollars. like that's mm-hmm. i could spend that at movie theater on two tickets and some popcorn i think yeah um or out to dinner or whatever it may be like 40 dollars is my limit i hit that and i'm done and that's kind of what i've stuck to regardless of the form of gambling and i've been mm-hmm. pretty good that's but fine. i feel no need to go more it's not even like i'm 
it's, it's that's like a governing principle to stop me from going overboard. I just don't even like it. Look, it sounds fantastic. It, it, it sounds like you do not have a problem. <laughs> it sounds like people don't do you, have well, to drag well, do you, you off the floor. Do you have a problem? Are you like nobody's ever come down from the hotel lobby and say it's 3 a.m. in the morning? Have you are you sure you sir, haven't had enough? Sir, your credit card's been declined. <laughs> do you have another card? Um you do you have limits or do you just go all out? Like what's your what's your deal? No, I have I have limits. I mean, I I will go, I will the thing is I set a limit because I know I'll at least go two to five hundred dollars over it. So I uh I tried holy cow, are you serious? <laughs> I, I try to, are you you spend that much money? I try oh to <laughs> Lord. I try to. You're like one of these um, Renaissance lords that like squanders his inheritance. <laughs> I would. Oh I would be horrible. I would not be uh, an amicable lord. Uh, there, oh we would always God. be in debt for one more, one more, one more <laughs> big, one more big score. We could do just one. And then more. you have to hatch some scheme with like the local tax the local collector. Tax collector. <laughs> you get caught, end up in prison. Uh, I've been debt. I've been debt for the Pope. A sword fight. Yeah, I'm indebted to the Pope for six thousand florins. Um, yeah, yeah. But anyway, that that's my wax on 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 Vegas. I, I I love Vegas, and and it surprises almost everybody I talk to. They're always like, I cannot believe you have such a affinity for that place. But look, I'm like, give me another place in the world that draws this many different people you, together, you, you and and I can lose the money. Eastern Seaboard. You just like left the Eastern Seaboard completely. <laughs> Basically, yeah. So this is a Christmas episode. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Where would you go? Where would you want to live? What gifts? At a holiday that makes you think about home. Where else would you go? <laughs> where would you escape the holidays to? Um, you know what? I think, well, yeah, but that's very apropos. Most people right now are probably thinking, man. I've I, probably had enough at home after all this. Exactly. After all this uh, uh, disease and pandemic. Um it's a Christmas episode. It's a Actually, Christmas. I don't have any. I don't think I have any Christmas topic. That I well, think you about. know. Well, the, the funny we thing is, we I could spin it. We'll spin it. Yeah, exactly. I well, I I could start off because the I went on a rabbit hole looking up the history of Chris of not Christmas of uh, Santa Claus in particular because um because I got stumped. I was talking to my wife the other day, and she was sort of hoping to kind of like commiserate with me because she was talking to some people and. They uh, for their business, they the independent uh, business owners, and they were going to do they were saying that they're not going to do something that is uh, particular to any one holiday. You know, they're going to do the yeah, everyone does the happy holidays now, you know, because you want to be inclusive. Mm-hmm. But um, but they wanted to, like, hang up like uh, Santa Claus hats mm-hmm. uh, and and they were and she was sort of like, but they but they're saying they don't want to be in one you know type of. Uh, what do you call it? Not, not, yeah, like one type of denomination, like not denomination, but you know what I'm saying. Like they don't want to give mean. favor to, they don't want to be symbolic towards well, any. Yeah. But, but, holiday. but, but to me, you know, I, I couldn't go there. I was like, I, just, <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? Like I was like, <laughs> I was like, Santa Claus doesn't represent any particular holiday you're at. Like I was like, um, mm. yeah, you he see, absolutely does. He, I know see, that's we funny. stole it. We like so the whole idea of saints is just like our way of saying you can keep all your pantheon of God, correct? Pagan religion, but you know, we're bringing them over as saints. That's why you have saints right. of all these things of everything. Santa Claus, right. German thing, all that. Yeah, I mm-hmm. got it. The thing is, today, yeah, today it's definitely representative of that. But the thing about it is, it's a, is that it's representative of a day. 
you're allowed to express yourself as an individual, say, this is what I, this is what, you know, I celebrate, but it's also good to be inclusive. So I think you can do a mix. You can say your happy holidays and put up symbolism mm-hmm. from different things or just your own. I don't think that that's a turnoff, especially but with a hat. But well, you know, I if just, you had a Jesus and then well, that's my, that was my part to a different, but that was my part about this. Right? I was like, I was like, Santa Claus is so capitalistic. It's so commercial. I feel like it spans all races, all religions. Like I'm like, I, I it doesn't though. No, it doesn't though. That, but you, that's funny. You, you, I can't you, believe you said that because that's the Fox News made a similar point about their Christmas tree saying <laughs> it's all religion. Okay, now I'm like, no, 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 I'm in... <laughs> all right, so, no, it doesn't. I'm backing but, off so, that hey, argument. Well, I'll tell you right now that I can't speak for everyone, but I know certain people. I know a few people of different mm-hmm. religions, and they do not celebrate with ours unless they want to. But it's very much, hey, our kids are exposed to these things, and we want to like take part in it too but it's not native like it's not part traditionally part of anyone else's religion well, it, but it shouldn't be that's my point that my point that i'm making is that it's beautiful. outside of religion it's like the, 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 the celebration of 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 that for, well, well here's what i'm gonna throw this out there right in this country you would would you say christmas is this is hard because you're, you're, it's like you're using Christmas. It's like you because Christmas is a, like it's like Christian. It's like you know the the, the etymology. You're, you're trying to get around something. This is very obvious. It is a Christian holiday. But that's not fair to say because it's still a federal holiday, and all work and not, not all workers, well, but a lot yeah, of workers. You're, you're that's not fair. Exactly. I you see what I'm saying? Because like, because it, you're but, touching on a different topic for mm, a different reason, mm-hmm. and that's our alignment with religion. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. The, the, to end which but the thing is once you make those once you make those those like uh you know not like backdoor agreements where it's like this is this is this was originally a christian holiday and then also we're going to celebrate it as part of our non-denominational government then you're you're, you're going to start to get away from it eventually that's my that's sort of where i'm getting at i'm like i feel like at this current juncture where we are in in our history and time i would not say that your most people when they get that day off are going to church predominantly right or saying no, that they're no, you're not going to you're not going to celebrate it because it's don't a christian holiday. someone's well, just, identity with their devotion with their i don't but you get where i'm coming from i'm like if I, everybody I gets these, with these days I, off right? I okay yeah but all right so you when you talk about federal holidays i believe what you're talking about is the government is closed that's exactly what i'm trying and to when say you again. get into other businesses especially now a lot of them are doing floating holidays like here's the eight holidays that we traditionally had off work with your manager to break it up and do whatever mm-hmm. you want to do i mean that's right. becoming more of a thing yeah so and i think that's in light of the fact of what you're touching on here is that hey i don't celebrate this <laughs> but i celebrate these other things why am i always asking for permission mm-hmm. to like do my thing yeah. um because because until now, I, I guess just just by nature of what we're even talking about, this yeah. country has not been very accepting officially. Yeah, I agree with you. You're right. You're making a really good point. You're making a good yes, point, but not you're proactively. A good point. You're making a very good point, and and you're and that would if you if you're saying that once you give floating holidays, people are going to not take their time off during this particular part of uh, part of the year, and they're going to align it with something that is more um, in line with their, either their beliefs or their own culture. Right. And then, um, yeah. And that yeah, kind of proves you, the point of they're that not celebrating that, right. They're not celebrating that. They're celebrating their own. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, who's to say that they weren't celebrating their own on Christmas Day because out of necessity, because that's logistically the only time they all had off or something. Right. If the company didn't give them the time or they worked for exactly. the government, whatever it may be. But exactly. Um, yeah, I, 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 I hear you. It has grown how does to that... a cultural phenomenon, yeah. but it's still very much rooted in terms of celebration. I mean, it's one thing to have the day off. It's another to deck out your halls and jingle bells and you know start listening to i don't know whatever music christmas music is but it gets just different right mm. like i'll take the day off yes sir yes ma'am i'll take that day but i'm not gonna go to church or i'm not gonna put a think, christmas tree here because it means zero to me i don't have any childhood memories of that but you see what's interesting is like if you're of a, a different faith. i think this is right but i think this does fall into because see in my conception of christmas and how i uh always framed it and I mean, look, it's ridiculous. So even as I'm thinking about saying it, I'm like this, but who can possibly go this way? But to me, yeah, I mean, look, you might go that same way, too, because maybe that's what that's sort of the nerdiness in terms of history that brings us together. But I always frame it as like just like a pagan holiday to, to honor like the like beginning of winter or the middle of winter or whatever that like winter solstice kind of stuff. I mean, I. I never really think of it as aligned to any particular what I think of it in terms of being aligned to is being aligned to cold regions, being aligned to like northern Europe. That's why I always that's how I always think of Christmas in in, in, the, in some respects, you know, well, every holiday, every every culture and religion has the same holidays around the same type of year. Uh, same right. Holidays around the same time of year. That's sort of. Because they're seasonal or exactly right. So so I always just put it at the end of like it's just this is a seasonal thing that everyone gets off and it that's is and you can go do look at it. That's you can you do whatever you want. Right? Okay. That's not how a lot of people look at it though. Even if you're not a devout Christian, even if you were just raised that way, but it stopped and ended with you know your Catholic school or CCD, Sunday school, whatever it is, mm -hmm. like what is the term from it always sticks in my head the term from the Da Vinci Code that they say in the movie "Cafeteria Catholics." Yes, you, know, yeah. you pick and choose what you want to believe and right. when you want to when you want to follow it. Right, when you I want mean, to refer. that's the majority um, of people, I think. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they just in a, that's what I mean by identity. They just identify as that. But I mean, to be honest, they'd probably be looked at as radicals if they followed it to the letter. Um, we don't do now, that. Now, I think this is an interesting part that you brought up because if you're with the floating holidays and the fact that he, this is this is what's interesting because of the way our government is sort of enshrined itself it's the government couldn't run on floating holidays like you couldn't you 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 have to have like recesses in terms of where everyone can say go back leave washington and go back to their families i mean that that's you know it's not horse and buggy anymore but that was the whole point of the recesses is because it takes time to travel back from washington to wherever you live in the in the 50 states um, but now, you know, it's, we're talking about a couple of hours travel. It's no longer days, but at the, but the same point, I just wonder, like, how do you, how do you get that on the government level? Like, how do you say, all right, well, we're not doing Christmas, you know, but so it's almost like the government will always be open at that point. Like government would never fully break. Well, I think the first thing you do, and this is hard because I think there's two aspects of it. Mm. Um, one is what do you call them? And two is when do they happen? What do you call them? You have to break it up. You have to stop saying, you have to stop identifying with any particular religion. I like, I like, and I don't like, I like the idea of like a bank holiday like they do in Europe, but I hate that it's like revolving around banks. I feel like now it's pressing the focus in the wrong area. 
but I like the idea of just some like generic it's, holiday one, holiday two, whatever you want to call it. Well, I mean, I think, I, yeah, but just to just, I think the bank holiday is more in line with the fact that if the government's not working, you know, then there's no point in like well, the banks are closed. Yeah. Well, the banks are closed because there's no point in spending because you know, government can't make action. They can't call on funding. So therefore there's no point for the banks to be open. Traditionally, that's what I'm saying because they're, they're okay, closely aligned. Fine. I mean, let's call it a government holiday then. Yeah, so whatever. Call it yeah. A bank holiday. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. the naming's important. I the think, naming's important because it's symbolic okay. in itself. And then the other thing is, when does it happen? Because us here, like, all right, so we're gonna have government holidays. It's on Christmas, right? <laughs> like, it may not be on Christmas. We might not have Christmas as Christmas off anymore, the twenty fifth or whatever. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it may be on Hanukkah or maybe something else. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the other discussion that needs to happen. Um, floating holidays. That's uh, on a government level. Yeah, that's tough. Um, and it may just be that government, public, and private sector are always just a little different. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That just may be how it is. So would you? Would that's what I'm saying? Would you actually? Would you put forth if you had the chance? Would you say we should actually remove all? Let's let's just call them sessions. You know, just to say, like you know, we're not talking about bank holidays, not talking about but let's talk about like this the, the the session breaks from government. You're saying we should just to in order to reset so that they're not connected to any one particular group, culture, religion. We should just pick like, we just basically either move it like two weeks earlier, you know what I'm saying? Like move it, move them away from where they've traditionally been so that you're, you're kind of starting over. And then these are just official lanes of time off that people have in terms of like either public sector or the private sector can then follow. And then, and then the rest of the time, just give sort of floating holidays so that people can traditionally celebrate, you know, wherever they feel most, you know, connected uh, around the seasons is that what you would you would you promote something like that i understand you right you're saying i mean it's hard it was hard to kind of follow that you want to know mm-hmm. if i agree with so don't not associating them in name and by yes. label with any particular religion and time and the time period that's what i'm saying the, the time period is important and the but so what you would pick you would actually go go the opposite route and say all right where are all the religions happening? Yeah. All right. Wh- all right. Where are they not happening? Where are they right, not? Let's go where they're not happening. Let's <laughs> yeah, like make exactly. it awkward and horrible for everyone. <laughs> that's equally. right. And that's in a right. generation, no one will care. Yeah. Um, that's, that's exactly yeah, what that's, I'm that's saying. That's an interesting way to go about it. I mean, it's certainly fair. <clears throat> and it's not like we're bound to, you know, the solstice or the equinox or anything right. like that's that. That's what I'm anymore. trying to say. You're right. So it's not like, oh man, you know, well, if I don't have that time off, my crops are going to fail crops are or gonna the die. frost exactly. is going to come through and I'm going to screw everything up. Uh, exactly. So no, it's an interesting play. Uh, I'm open to it. I, I mean, me personally, I don't really care. Uh, just I, as long as I keep the time off, I would like something. Um, I like it spread out more evenly. What is it in like February or March where we like don't have anything off? There's nothing. What the deal is with that. Well, it's so the dead like of to... winter. You would try to be doing as little activity as possible so you don't die. You try to make it. So I think I think we can add a few there while we're at it while we're adjusting the calendar. But um, yeah, no, I I I would agree with that. I mean, I, th- I have no personal connection to the actual dates. I'd, if anything, I'd like to be a little more strategic with it. Um, I f- feel like it's backloaded at the end of the year i'd like to spread the wealth a little i'd like to have more time off in the summer summers when or whenever and that's another thing because that would be that would be um what like hemisphere and stuff you're in now i guess if yeah. you're in a warmer climate but i'm thinking australia is opposite but it doesn't really get too cold there mm-hmm. but now people like people like winter activities too so yeah that's that's a tough one i think you just have to seasonally have equal time in all four parts mm-hmm. and 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 do it that way and just be more strategic about it more tactical okay i don't know 
No, it's good. That's good. It's obviously it pretty random. I mean, it really seems random when you get away from the religious ones, and it's like the the birthdays and the memorials and all that kind of stuff. It, I mean, are they tied? And, and this might be my ignorance. In fact, I'm sure it is. But are they tied to specific dates? Like when you have like a Veterans yes. Day or Memorial Day, are they like the yeah. dates of something significant that has happened? Yes. Yeah. Do you know them or no? Well, Memorial Day is to I think it, I thought it had to do with the armed services as well. Well, no, I know why, but the day itself, the day that it falls on, is oh. that does that hold significance? Oh, that I don't know. No, you're right. I, yeah. I don't, I'm not aware. Yeah. Um, Aside so from like kind of, what we know it as, I don't believe. I don't know. Oh yeah, no, I know the reasons why we. Right, have, right. I, just I don't, don't know, know if it the has, day that it, yeah, it was that, chosen holds significance. If anything, I if anything, I think they're gap days. They're they're days where there's nothing going oh, on. Yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> get another. Let's get there. another barbecue in there. Right. <laughs> that's why they're um, there. Um, yeah. No, it's interesting. So I I would I I wouldn't mind starting from scratch. I don't know what that. I'm sure, you know, yeah. patriotic folks will take a different view, but uh. Yeah, I don't Let's know. See. I think there's a 0.01% chance of move, moving <laughs> away. Well, can you from imagine the, saying the that you were no, you know, when the Running 25th for office, was so. like no longer a thing? Like that, wow. Yeah. Well, you're going to, you're going to suffer not just from a reaction of the public. What you're mostly going to suffer from is a reaction from business and corporations, and corporations are not going well, to. They could adjust, to. can't they? Why I mean, would they, they can... though? Why would they want to when they well, got such I a guess great cash? Costs. Yeah. yeah, why you got a great you got this great opportunity to hit everybody at once because everyone's off. More holidays. More yeah. promotion, more opportunity to promote. Well, they That's, already do that. Listen, that is a deal that I'm willing to strike with the corporate with the corporate yeah, the corporate overlords. Over. Yeah. But like listen, I understand I'm disrupting your flow here. Yeah. Listen, I will give you more vacation time for you to market. I will take that. I'll take one for the team there. I'll have off. I will take off more throughout the year. Well, they don't give you more opportunity to market. They don't really need you for that. That's the thing. They they're already doing it because they they they'd rather. I mean, <laughs> the corporations are people, right? The it's it, the sense you get is that businesses are fine creating fake holidays like the fake buying days. That's basically business holidays. Cyber Monday, exactly, yeah. and uh, you know the different deal days that they happen to do throughout the year. They, and they're, they're making them up too. Like uh, there's an Amazon day. Is it there? It's, isn't it like sometime in April or May or something? There's, I, I don't know, but I know there is. So they're all, they're all trying to do like their own specific days like to celebrate their company. Founding this is the free market speaking. Listen, well, you know what, you, I, you know what I'm hearing? You know what days I'm hearing? Off Why not? It. Let's take it. Let's take, let's take a, a page out of Christianity and co-opt the corporate holidays and make them government holidays. <laughs> They've already done all the legwork. We know when they're supposed to happen now. The people have spoken. They wanted an Amazon day. They wanted a Cyber Monday. That, you know, hey, I want that time off. Let's do it. Okay. All right. You heard it here first. Conversion. It'll be an easier conversion over to the new way. You heard it here first. The catalyst to the corporate wars. <laughs> Co-opting <laughs> their holidays. <laughs> Incorporating their holidays into our governmental flow. And, uh, and our, yeah, that way they we can't get rid of them no matter what we try. Yeah, this is great. This is a great. Oh, we're not going to call them by their names anymore, though. That's the deal. Sure. We, yeah, yeah, sure. Great deal. Great deal. Sure, they, sure we are. <laughs> <laughs> Kids are like 12 years from now. They're like, happy, happy Amazon Day. <laughs> What is, what is that? What is that? What did Jeff Bezos bring me this year? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bezos. He, he doesn't come down the chimney. He comes in a he little puts, minivan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's not bad. That's actually not bad at all. It's pretty good.
There's um, no more, no more rain, reindeer. Everyone looks out the window for the for the big blue vans coming down the street in a parade. He's tra- parade travels in an EV. EV. Santa Claus. No, he's in, a, he's, a, he's in an astronaut suit at all times. It's well, visor open. He's just in a little like skin tight astronaut suit. I like it. Yeah. All right. That's yeah. That's good. It's a good start off to the Christmas episode. <laughs> Do we have anything more Christmassy after that? I'm drinking hot cocoa. How's that for the holidays? It's it's warming me. It's warming my soul. Um, I know, man. I don't. I, I don't have. I don't have anything Christmas. Have- <laughs> Good job. Thanks. Thanks for I supporting forgot. the episode. I didn't, I didn't get the memo. <laughs> nice job. All right. Well, what do you got? Just give us um, what you got. <clears throat> I actually have, and I wish I would have found this article for last episode. Um, it's a follow-up to our last episode with mm-hmm. something we were talking about with Maxine. Yeah. Trail Mix Part 2, guys. Um, go check it out. Trail Mix Part 2. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's when we were covering aspects of veganism. Uh, and I came across this article like yesterday. It's an IFL article, and, and it's titled, one twin went vegan, the other ate meat. This is what happened. No, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that would have been really good for last episode. I know. I wish but I we wish could bring I Maxine it. back on. We should get a reaction to this. To, to yeah, this, maybe she, uh, maybe we time. can talk about it next episode, even if we she hears yeah. it yeah. and gives us some commentary. So basically, according to the Department of Twin Research and Genetic Epidemiology at King's College London, for 12 weeks, one twin ate strictly vegan food while the other continued to eat meat and dairy products. So this is what happened, right? You get that 12 weeks, one and one. Yeah. The vegan's cholesterol significantly dropped. Additionally, his blood sugar levels were steady and energy, he reported energy increases. um, And also that energy remained at a higher level, right? So it remained steady as well. The other twin, the meat eater, the dairy eater, reported to have uh, harsh energy highs and lows, which, you know, I guess, I guess we all experience that. I mean, I get tired and energetic, so I, I, I don't know because he didn't change his diet really. So I guess he's just, I guess someone was rating whether or not it was harsh and making that judgment, especially mm-hmm. compared to the feedback from his twin who went vegan. Yeah. But what was interesting about this mm-hmm. is that the vegan experienced a significant decrease in gut bacteria, which means he's potentially more susceptible to illness. Not that he will get sick, but mm. we, there's been strong links to gut bacteria and health. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently whatever, now to be fair, I don't know if there's a version of a plant-based diet, a vegan diet that would supplement the gut bacteria that he may be missing, but this isn't a recent um, study. And so the same college did a separate study of, uh, a while back and researchers found that people's responses to the same food are unique. And this is getting into what I was saying that when I was saying I was a dreamer in the last episode where I wish everyone, you know, I wish we had the tech. I wish we had the research to help everyone eat the diet and and live the lifestyle that's most beneficial to them and the environment um, and this planet and the ecosystems that we live within. But basically that the same people can eat the same food and they'll have different responses to it. And, Basically, people have different reactions, including an increase or decrease in blood blood sugar or insulin, 
and fat lingering in the bloodstream that can cause heart diseases or heart issues, I should Mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. And they think it comes down to how everyone's unique gut microbiome breaks down food and how genetics processes it. So Mm -hmm. it is genetic, but it is also your diet and the body just reacts different ways. Now, you made the point last time that there's broad strokes that we can take, right? We know that, you know, too much of anything is bad for everyone, Um, but it still doesn't negate the fact that even if we did that, we'd probably still have a lot of illness and and stuff in the world. So I just thought, you know, I had said that I wish there was more research in this area. And I came across, across this article and I figured it was worth raising because there's some research in that area that kind of backs up that dream that maybe someday we can go. Yeah, but they're but they also chose twins for a reason because they just wanted to say, you know, what is the it the, the question I have is that, that I wish there was a follow up where they they reversed it. What would be the reverse? Well, well, sorry that they did it. They did it this way one time and then they went back and they switched the vegan to a meat-based diet and the meat-based twin to a vegan diet and then said, "Well, what are the effects? Like how is what are the changes now?" Mm. Would that be necessary? Do you think? I mean, to me, I feel like that would be the. I guess the, they chose them because they're the genetically like, similar yeah. enough. They're not. They're not Capsule. copied, uh, as as many people may think. Twins, yeah. identical twins, are not exact copies. There is variance, but um, <laughs> they're close enough. Right. And I think that that's kind of where they were going. Now, to your point, you got to reproduce the results. And if you were to switch them, would that's then, what I'm Yeah, you know, the, everything switch. I don't know. No, I I, I don't. Because then that. then you then you could say sort of that. I feel like that gives you that definitive of like, oh, okay, well, in this in this set of genetic uh, chromosomes or whatever, you know, these are the factors that meat has versus uh, a plant based diet, and that that would be very. I mean, you could take it as it as is. It's clearly, these scientists have decided to take it as is for now. Um, I think that's. It, the, I mean, look, the, the, but here's here's a, I mean, Dom, there is no but here, actually. The, the, they're basically giving the broad stroke that I was talking about earlier that, that you know, on a meat based diet, the, these are the effects. I, I take issue with the adding their feelings because there's so much that goes into your the energy, like yeah, the energy, the energy level parts. And stuff. I mean, because there's so much already. It's but you have to you have to sort of cancel out their entire understanding of vegan versus meat uh, meat based dietary. Uh, you know the way that people already talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Like if you switch to veganism and you think veganism is a healthier way of living, then I think naturally if you start eating vegan, you're gonna you're gonna boast, oh man, I feel so much better. I have higher energy levels. And you don't know say like you're gonna get these kinds of well, there's an attributes. emotional aspect I think that's what I'm saying because psychological exactly right? there's so there's yeah. so much to that. That's why I sort of discounted that. I just went back to like the well, actual discount figures, the, which is bit. Discount the cholesterol the yeah. went the down, blood sugar that makes sense. The fat and, and the uh, blood, right? And then the fat and the, the gut, the gut bacteria. Now, right? see, the gut bacteria is interesting. Another interesting one because, I, and, and I don't want to put you on the spot because you, you know, you're not, a, you're not a, um, an expert in this in this field. But it, it would be interesting to know what kinds of disease gets warded off by having a high level of gut bacteria. Because, because I mean, the, the, the way I'm thinking about it is, and this is again definitely a layman's view. But when you hear that kind of reporting, you would think, all right, well. The if you're if you're eating plants and you have a plant based diet, you'll need less gut bacteria. You'll need less. You'll you'll need to be exposed to less because the reason you would have higher levels of gut bacteria when it comes to eating carcass or dead things is because naturally, if you eat like a bad version of it, you need to be able to ward off getting sick from eating bad. 
I don't think it's. Is that no, nothing to do with that? I don't. No, I don't think. I mean, what it sounds like you're talking about is more like food poisoning. Well, yeah. Well, I'm just trying to say that in general, I feel like you would need because of the. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I look. I'm, I'm speaking out of turn because I'm, I'm. I'm thinking that there might be a, a little bit more of a risk in eat like as like from like a very biological level in being a carnivore than there is in terms of like, you know, eating. I don't know, bad lettuce or or some sort of uh, green that's gone bad. Um, so that, that that that's sort of where I'm coming from. It, but you're right. I'm I'm just taking that as a no. It's a it's a good call out. I'm actually looking up. I'm not uh, sure if it's true. What what gut bacteria? So there's a quote in here from one of their research papers. Besides many other diseases are related to gut bacteria, such as inflammatory bowel disease, obesity, diabetes, liver diseases, chronic heart diseases, cancers, HIV, and autism. Now, are these related to having an increase in gut bacteria, or is this like when you want, I'm sorry, is it, is it related to having a decrease in gut bacteria? So you want more gut bacteria in order to ward these off? Is that what you're, is that what you're saying? So usually gut bacteria and the host live in a com- mental manner. However, gut bacteria can be potentially harmful when the ecosystem undergoes abnormal changes. So, so in that way, it basically, so, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to get too far ahead of you, but it, it almost sounds like having a high level of gut bacteria and then having some sort of defect creates a more volatile I think environment. It's, it's not that, so it looks like it does, it's almost feeling like this having is, less I, gut is, bacteria is, is more no, beneficial. I, well, no, no, no. So, and that's and and I want to be careful what I say. Because yeah, I'm yeah. We not look, an we're not here, experts, or we're not. Doctors, it doesn't seem so. like it's a matter of more or less gut bacteria. It seems like what the gut bacteria is is comprised of. Mm, okay, okay. Well, that's um, important distinction. It's good that we got there. Yeah, and because it's even it's mentioning these specific. I'm gonna say microbes. I don't know please forgive me, Mm -hmm. Um, within the microbiome. And like, if one is too low, that can cause like diarrhea and, you know, like things like that. Like there's, I guess there's, there's some type of model for what it should be. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's, it's tweaked a little bit for each person, especially the life you live. Um, But uh, if it's missing stuff or stuff is too high, um, it, it's out of it's imbalanced and mm. that can cause issues both in I guess your ability to fight off disease yeah. and then the reactions you have to it mm. okay okay and that's I don't even know if that's right but that's kind of as far as I'm willing to go right. um, and say based okay. on what I'm seeing here that's interesting All right. yeah so anyway listen it's not to say that if you're vegan you're going to get sick or anything like that but it's interesting when you talk about what an ideal diet looks like, because to your point before, at least I think it was the point you were making in the last episode, is that to a degree, these are ideologies, right? Like it's so strict and it's not yeah. really based on whether it's good for you. It's based on yeah. like ideology of, yeah. you know, you know, I don't want to eat honey because yes, that, that was... another animal type thing. Right. Exactly. So I think it would be interesting to see what is best for us mm-hmm. and then try and also have an eye on what's best for the ecosystem and see where you can meet, you know, it may not be, but yeah. see where you can meet. I also, I mean, part of what I was saying, th- actually, that, I mean, that was like not 80% of what I was saying. And then the other 20% is I was trying to say in terms of that legislation aspect is that if we 
because our culture is geared towards supporting one type of industry over another, there's so many subsidies built into the entire framework and the way that we dole out uh, what our best eating practices happen to be. They have, they just, they fall back to what hap- what is the thing we're trying to market or promote the most, you know, like how well is the cow industry doing? We're going to, you know, promote more steaks, do more steak commercials, do more, you know, give more subsidies to that whole process because we're trying to, you know, we're trying to prop up that industry. And I'm saying if we had a more naturalistic approach to it, it'd be great if it was informed by science. And I'm just, for me, I was just saying that right off the bat, if we were just to take away subsidy from a lot of these industries and just let, let Leo figure out what's actually the most expensive thing out there, that might already sort of hone in on, you know, it might help the science a little bit, even because it's just saying, you know, if a steak is $52, you know, an ounce or whatever or a piece, it's it's going to just naturally limit your intake of it, right? And so therefore well, it, that might it, self-correct. I, I, when you were talking, it's almost in the same vein, but almost in a, almost a different, um, a different approach to what you're saying. Not mm-hmm. so much, yeah, if you price people out of things, they're not going to be able to buy them. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I, I, I get what you're saying, but almost are people buying these because they're cheap, because it's a cheaper option. Like the question yes. of whether or not you can you afford agree. something as to versus why you're buying something, right? Well, it's availability it? too. So that's the thing. I don't, yeah. I never want to put it on people because at the end of the day, when you live in a, in a world that is so dominated by corporations, people, you have almost, you have less choice than you think you do. So I'm saying it's, so it's about, it's about availability and then, yeah. And what's pushed. So, you know, I'm just saying you go to a Costco and there's a huge meat section and, uh, and the, you know, the vegetable section is sort of like next to it. But then, you know, it, it depends on the quality of the vegetables. I never want to come out there and be like, well, these peaches are cheap and, you know, cheaper than meat. So, you you know, why aren't you eating those? It's like, yeah, the peaches might be cheaper, but where are the peaches coming from? Are they of, of a similar quality to the meat that you could be eating on the other side? You know, do they taste anywhere comparable in terms of like, look, the quality, right? So it depends on like, there's so many things that go into it. You can't just be like, well, this is cheaper. You should eat it. It's like, no, maybe people would still want something that tastes good on their table. You know, maybe we should be striking a happy balance here. But at the same time, there, I feel like there are subsidies to like why those peaches are coming from wherever they're coming from, you know, versus, you know, maybe aggregate you know creating more arable land to grow peaches locally i'm not by the way i'm I'm, peaches is an example i know nothing about the peach industry i'm just saying as a fruit if you want something local and more sustainable you know you want to prop it up you know i feel like if you if you take those resources away from promoting the the meat industry in terms of like cattle uh that animal husbandry uh, animal husbandry on that level and you promote that, you put that money over into fruits and vegetables, then you might get higher quality fruits and vegetables, and they might be available in greater frequencies throughout the uh, the nation's great uh, supermarket chains, you know? And and we have places well, called food deserts right now. That's a huge issue. You could look that up right now in terms of Congress and, and the government trying to handle that. You have places where there's just no fresh produce at all, but you could do probably beef jerky and things like that, you know, because they're dried and salted and, you know, there's just, there's a vested interest in and having those foods, and so you, those are probably more readily available in those food deserts. You know what I'm saying? So, meat comes in all shapes and sizes, and you know, it's a, so you you have to shift culturally as to what you want to promote, and uh, and the government has a lot to do with that. It has always had a lot to do with that. The milk industry, whole the whole milk campaign was was uh, was all about dairy dairy dollars and dairy lobbying. You know, milk's great for you. Milk strong strong milk for your bones. You know all those like mustache milk commercials and everything like that. That milk. <laughs> Yeah, got milk. Exactly. 
That's all marketing. That's just a campaign. It's just the government trying to promote milk use. I got, I drink milk in it shows. I've got strong, healthy bones. I think that was from the eighties or nineties. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. I'm just saying that that's promotion. I remember the it's jingle. I remember the jingle. Necessarily science-based. That's that just is the government trying to say, Hey, we have an industry that's, that's languishing. What can we do to help it? And that that's what that was. That's government backed campaigns to drink milk. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think you're absolutely right. Uh, obviously, to shift behavior, you need an influential yeah. um, player, uh, and the government. Not many this more is big players as they are more influential, right? right? Exactly. So that's interesting. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's kind of it. I, I thought it was interesting. First of all, they got twins to do something, even just like the space thing where they had one twin living on the space station and the other here. Yeah, it's that interesting. Was cool. You get twins involved in comparisons. Um, and I thought it was, I thought it was interesting because it shows the benefits of both, and they're not. It doesn't have to be equal parts in your diet, but I, I just like the idea of breaking ideology and like following the data and science. Uh, I just, you know, I feel like you have groups in their trenches, you know, or you know, digging in their heels, and it's like my side is better than the other, and yeah. and that type, those type of arguments. While they do uncover merits, um, I, I just always have issues with that because I feel like they're blinded to seeding any ground and, you know, the truth suffers. Yeah. Yeah. Well anyway. said. Well said. Yeah. You got anything? I got other, I got stuff, but what do you, you got anything? Um, I was, I was going to say the last episode again, I feel like this is just, a, <laughs> it was just like a recap. I wish maybe that's what we should do for new year's. Actually, you heard it here first. We should, uh, we should look at our old episodes and for new year's, we should like, uh, revisit any, some of the more interesting topics, but, um, or you were talking about, you were talking about the, sh- the, the shelf the, with the climate and the, the it was sort of like a preamble up to the hiking part, part, the Thwaites, you, the Thwaites glacier. Now on the, on the cover of the New York times in, in, uh, in my paper. When I when I was like, <laughs> honey, give me the paper. Yeah, I'm on the pod. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, uh, the the they had they had the uh, the Arctic uh, the, on the front page. I think it was like Saturday's paper talking about like how. Um, yeah, I wish I read the article. Man, I got my finger on the pulse of the world, man. What you got your I finger. You? I, it, it, I'm just saying it, it had something to do with climate change and shiftings of the uh, of the melting of the of the. Uh, I, I was not. Um, I don't even know if that's that's true. <laughs> it had the Antarctic. It had Antarctic. Let's it. just make it up. Yeah. Were there, were there penguins or polar bears? <laughs> yeah, there, no, there were no animals. It was uh, a, no identifying. It was marks. a car. It was a it was a cartoon rendering of the of the. By the way, I heard. Is this true that Antarctic and the Arctic? It's bear or no bear? Like that's that's the origin of the name. Oh, that I don't. Did know. You ever hear this? No, no. I just that. heard it and I didn't fact check it, and I was like. How have I never heard of this before? Uh oh, spreading disinformation. That's right. <laughs> uh, I got a safe face. I feel like I want to look up. I mean, what's the point of getting the paper if you're just going to look it up online? <laughs> <laughs> Don't now out me. Now we know it's just all panic. <laughs> Don't out me. <laughs> what do you just have? Like, you probably have over your armchair one of those one of those little holders where you just holders. roll up. Yeah. You, you roll up where you just have all your magazines. All the, it's facing it's facing the front door so when you walk into the room you're like wow this, he's got the paper in here yeah it's a really well-read individual i want people to know i want them to see right <laughs> off the bat that's fine i still have bookshelves so i'm with you the uh it's it well look at this right here the guardian says scientists watch giant doomsday glacier in antarctica with concern isn't this what you were bringing up does it say thwaites 
since you're not crack- reading a paper, just- do a control F for weights. Yes. <laughs> it says cracks and fissures stoke fears of breakup that could lead to half meter rise in global sea levels or more. That's what you were talking about. Yeah, I don't know a meter to foot conversion, but yeah. Yeah, half meter yeah. Two I mean, feet, I don't know. I guess, I'm, just, right? I'm just saying whatever. I mean, look, this is the Guardian, so they're going like to use a yard, right? Like use the metric feet, system. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's similar, similar. Yeah, that's probably it. I mean, that's probably it. I'm just saying. Yeah, I didn't look up the Times one, but uh, but I think that that's that's probably what it is because when you type it in, that's like the first thing that comes up. So. so now that someone else said it, it's a big deal. When I say it, it's no big deal. Well, it was a, you know now, they, now that you've read it, now that you read authority. it in the paper, it's like, honey, have you heard? It's just like that. It's yeah. just like that. Yeah, it's a gig, it's a giggly episode. Um, it's Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Oh shit! We're Happy ending. Holiday. Where do you want to move? <laughs> yeah, try to be, try to be inclusive. It's, it's the holidays. All right, I got a climate change one since you're mentioning that. Yeah, yeah, Brief just one. do do that. Yeah, it's a, it's a musk alert. It's a musk alert. Did oh, you have a thing Jesus. for musk alerts? It's Elon. Elon alert. Yeah, it was. It, we haven't done one. Not feeling musky. Ever. Maybe it's musky outside. No. Yeah. <laughs> Way to connect it. <laughs> I'm forcing it. I will fit that round peg in a square hole. <laughs> this man is, he's got a hammer and he's just going to jam that sucker in. All right. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Elon alert, alert, alert. Hey. All right. So Elon tweeted that SpaceX will start pulling CO2 out of the atmosphere and use it as rocket fuel. Do you hear about this? No, no. And uh, that I didn't know that that's possible. That's cool. So um, you've mentioned this a few times, like the prospect of corporations and billionaires coming to the rescue. Um, and we can get into that if you want. But what actually the first thing that jumped out or the first thing that came to my mind was this isn't, you know, the atmosphere isn't like a mine that you can claim and quarry. Um, and Will we ever need to govern usage, like air usage? And what I, I guess I mean by this is, would we ever find ourselves in a situation where we use so much rocket fuel that we're depleting our CO2? So we actually go in the opposite direction um, from what we're seeing today, where there's you know potentially too much, and we run into a shortage, like a helium shortage or something mm, like that. Yeah. You know, is that the dystopian future with going down a road like this? Because if we go deeper and deeper in space, possible. colonize things like that, and our, you know, our industrial age, yeah. um, priming is now our main source of fuel. I don't know. That's kind of where my head went. I feel like you've answered your own question. I mean, if it's a finite, if it's a, if it's a resource that you can consume greater than it can replenish itself, then yeah, we're we're into a dystopian uh, situation going on here. Yeah, sure. And then we're going to be like space balls where they're selling cans of air. Where they're selling cans. Yeah. That, that, that was the best, that was the best bit. Um, they were yeah, smart. Definitely. Smart, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well ahead of their time. Uh, good old Mel Brooks. I actually want to read his, um, his, he did like a autobiography. Uh, oh, cool. It's coming out. Uh, so so yeah. this is all, this is all. So apparently this is a subsequent step to a previously announced X prize carbon removal competition mm-hmm. where Musk awarded a hundred million dollars for carbon removal technology. Mm-hmm. And now this announcement, I guess he found someone. Okay. Um, and that's kind of where he's going now. So he's, you know, he seems driven to do it. So will they, I mean, like you can't like strike, strike a, a an iron rich area deposit or, or, or diamond deposit and say, okay, this is my claim and I'm going to set up mining operations. Like this is our atmosphere. I mean, I guess the argument is <laughs> there's no, 
there's no claim against polluting it. So why? So what's to stop anyone from ripping chemicals out of it? Well, we do molecules have out of it against but, polluting. I mean, it, yeah. sort of, I mean, but yeah, it, we yeah. do. But you know, should be. I mean, look, they, the, they got us out of the coal age, right? I mean, uh, the UK is not covered in a big thick smog of you know black smoke any longer. Uh, so we we moved. I mean, you know, we've we've taken some strides. I. I think that's it depends on what we're talking. It's like, first of all, in the article, does he claim that I'm only going to use as much as has been created in excess to return us to he just tweet? You just tweeted it out. He, like, well, yes, well, paraphrasing what I told you. No, he didn't say nothing. Yeah. So, well, I guess that that would be it. I mean, if you were going to legislate, it would have to be, you know, our, the removal needs to be, you know, equal to the damage. You know, it has to be within it has to be within step of that. So it, Maybe yeah, that's the luck. free game. Once it's an industry that takes off, once NASA becomes dependent on SpaceX or something, that they're going to be like, well, oh, got guys, another problem. You've, well, you've, CO2 you've, is normalizing. We're going to have to cut back need, on Yeah, you need to go that far. Like, there's no way. But you didn't need to go that far. What, you know, the, the, the first sentence was the, the first part of the sentence was the day is the danger. When NASA is dependent on a private industry, <laughs> yeah, you've got problems already. You don't need to go. What, nothing needs to come next. That You're already in trouble. So, but to play in this little pool, this little kiddie pool. I mean, I've, I just wish I knew more about kiddie this type pool. of, I knew, well, I, it's, it's a subset of a much larger problem. So uh, we talked about it on the previous pod though, I think. It, uh, yeah, I, I just wish I knew more about this industry. Cause I, I wish I knew more to say, like if I could look up some, I, I have a friend who probably knows a lot about this, but just to say like, we would sound ridiculous. My point is if CO2 is not really something that could ever be, cannibalize the point at which it was harmful to our atmosphere where where it's just like work because first of all we're always talking about this i'm always saying you know we're beyond the point of repair in terms of the in terms of our status in preventing climate change so i mean at this point it's like can one company possibly take like remove enough co2 in order to like make a debt even if it did become an industry my point is it's like it sells co2 based fuel or whatever it is i mean yeah but i'm just trying to say how much of it could harvest it and store it yeah but there's there's always diminishing out the colonies in other planets yeah but but i mean there's so many questions about like how efficient that process is and like exactly it's like how the thing is, I think we have to get to a point where the efficiency is of such a such a nature where it's it's too efficient, right? And then you're starting to remove it. And I guess the 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 barrier here in terms of being concerned is about knowing at what point do you get to that efficiency. That's what I'm saying. Like how we need to know what the likelihood of ever getting to a point of destruction with regard to CO2 mining. I mean, for lack of better phrasing, I mean, I'm assuming that's maybe what the, we'll call it. You know, how do we, you know, you, you have to know, like, the thing is, I'm saying is it's, it's almost like, it's, you know, it's like, are you a kid with a, with a, with a pail and a sho- like a little, you know, like a little shovel thing at the beach and, and you're like, take hey, dad, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to like harvest water. You know, you're going to laugh, right? You're going to be like, <laughs> you're like, you keep, go, go for it, kid. It's butters uh, in <laughs> In South Park, was his name Professor Evil yeah, or something? Yeah, the, yeah, like the evil version or, or, of Butters. Something. And, and he, yeah. he wants to flood the world, so he turns on his hose, his garden hose, <laughs> and leaves it on. And then, like, the municipal water company comes and shuts it off. <laughs> <laughs> 
But he's like, yeah. I'm gonna flood the world, and he leaves his hose on for like a couple hours. Well, that's what that's exactly what I'm trying to get at here. Exactly. You you you've crystallized that perfectly. That's what I'm talking about. Like how Professor they, Chaos, I want to say that's it. That's it. That's exactly it. I'm saying, like, is he is Elon Musk really Professor Chaos and he's playing at a bigger, bigger animal? You know, that's the thing. It's like, how do we know that you we need to understand how big the CO2 ocean is? Is he really just a kid? Like, yeah, is he really just turning on a hose and trying to flood the world? You know, because that's never going to happen. Right. No matter how long the hose stays on, it's not going to flood the world. No matter how much CO2 he takes out of the atmosphere. It's not going to make a dent in terms of reversing climate change or getting to a point of critical mass where the at the atmosphere is lacking CO2. Right. We That's have fair. to have That's these. Point. Yeah, we have to we have to get some sort of gauge on this in order to like fully assess the danger. That, that's what I'm saying with with Elon tweeting. We just have no freaking idea what he's really talking about or you need. Yeah, we need some sort of expert or someone who could say, yeah, it's not possible. We are like, yeah, even this thing isn't really going to make a dent in terms of reversing climate change. Right. So we we need to we need to we need more in terms of uh, of this story is, is where where I'm going to leave it. Fair enough. I got a PSA for you unless you got something. No, no, you, you might as well run this run this clock out, run this Christmas episode <laughs> until the, right, I got the two more. Bells start I got ringing. two more, but they're quick. They're quick. This one's yeah. a PSA, but I think you'll like it. Mm-hmm. You may even be very familiar with it. So I'm going to start off with a question for you, Antoine. Mm-hmm. When it comes to tea. Are you Ted Lasso or Jean-Luc Picard? Jean-Luc all the way, always. I don't even there watch enough Lasso. I don't care. I don't care what Ted Lasso's doing with T. He hates T. He hates T. Oh, is that what it, oh, because he's a, he's American? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, if I was if I were captain of the enterprise, I'd drink tea. If just for the look of it. But do I drink tea on my own? No. With the newspaper. <laughs> oh, you only drink tea when you're reading your paper. Yeah. Oh, well, not, no. When I sit next to the paper that's on the paper racks. <laughs> And, and, and as someone comes in the house so they can see me drinking tea with the paper, I said, oh, just how refined an individual I truly could be. But other than that, you use the paper folded up to call your dog over. You, you tap it on your knee. And that's your way that you call the dog over. That's right. I, I call my dog to rest by my knee in front of the fire that I've, I've your built dog, with my bare hands. Your dog has associated the crinkling of a paper with going out for a walk. Yes, yes, that's exactly right. All that's these it, things, yeah. are, all these things are true at the same time. Um, all right, so Ted basically, Lasso, HT, that's funny. I can't. You don't like that? I, it's like a, it's like a wholesome show. It's it's a good, clean show. Uh, I, I don't define my comedy by it being wholesome and clean. No, I just mean that it's, you know, it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's that. it's very. You're like, not the absorbable. only one. Everyone loves Ted Lasso, and the thing is, I have well, nothing. I well, I don't think I, I don't think I love any show like that, um, except for The Expanse, which apparently is last season, but whatever. Um, <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. No, th- I mean that's a show I really like, but that's because it's really it's really scratching an itch, um, mm-hmm. and that's just good sci-fi. Uh, yeah. Ted Lasso is good, man. It's it, it's just like good clean fun yeah, yeah i watched i watched like a few episodes and i think it's i think it's very i think it's a decent show i mean um someone pointed out to me they were like ted lasso is just oh you did you were like ted lasso is a major league it is major league yeah it absolutely is 100 and i still stand by that yeah now they've gone further but it's major league yeah anyway uh, yeah so what's the uh, well, other so yeah so that <laughs> wasn't that that wasn't the topic and <laughs> it was just the lead-in oh gotcha <laughs> well, sorry an odd, you said they're quick thing. <laughs> the, the listeners, the listeners really want to know, Antoine. Do you like tea? No, well, that's not the topic. Okay. Well, I wasn't sure where we were going with that. No, 
the reason I ask is because your tea could contain billions of plastic particles. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Now, there's always been a lot of talk about microplastics in our food, but a 2019 study reveals that tea brewed in quote unquote silken tea bags could contain billions of particles in each delicious cup that you drink. Mm. And before you ask, yes, even though this is a 2019 study, companies are still using these nylon pyramid shaped tea bags I was gonna ask, yeah, um, that they have been question. using for the past 20 years. Mm. So this is still an issue because I read it and I was like, oh my God. And then I saw, I scrolled up to the top and I was like, oh, 2019. And then I Googled it. And I'm like, oh, there's like a considerable amount of companies that are still producing how many, these. How many, have any companies actually taken the step on their own to withdraw using those tea bags? So or I don't know if anyone's, <laughs> I don't know if anyone's reverse course, but there are companies that are differentiating themselves from this. Now, so they the saw it as a, they're a smaller was, player and they saw this as a marketing opportunity yeah, to further and, their, their the, inroads in the tea game. Yeah, but the kicker here is unlike most other things that are unhealthy, um, and maybe you'll have a different opinion on that, but mm -hmm. uh, that are just for the, you know, they're more affordable. Uh, these are actually considered and have always been luxury items. You know, people mm -hmm. pay a premium for these tea bags. Mm -hmm. um, and they look like, you know, they called silk because they don't want to call them nylon or plastic, but that's why they call them silken. But they're very much nylon pyramid shaped tea bags that people pay a premium for. Mm -hmm. um, and not only, you know, billion, billions of plastic particles, like what does that mean? Mm -hmm. There are more plastic particles found in tea when it's brewed in this way than just about anything else that you ingest. And I have a few things for comparison here, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Billions, keep billions in your head. Oh, well. um, and then all the numbers I'm about to say are just the numbers. They're not billions. A bottle of water, 44 particles in that. Okay. Portion of muscles, 90. A kilogram of salt, 600. Silken tea bags, 11.6 billion microplastic particles and 3 billion nanoplastic particles, which I didn't even know was a thing. And apparently those are small enough to permeate human cells. Okay. Okay. And one study had found that we consume about 70,000 microplastic particles annually, which is about five grams of plastic a day, which visually apparently is like a bag of candy. Mm -hmm. okay. So I know you've always brought up microplastic and that it's a big deal. At least I thought I've heard you say Yes. That. Yeah. No, I've talked about it for the environment. For you as well. Oh, yeah. Apparently. Well, I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing because I, the, the main question I have is how long have these types of bags been in production? Like have they always- years. 20 years. Oh, that's it. Oh, so this is a new thing, really. Because I was, I was like, I was like, what is this been going out since the Victorian era? Because that would be very interesting if like the entire United Kingdom just stopped drinking tea and their their like the life expectancy of their culture goes up by like 10 years. <laughs> that would have been, you know, that could it is be a crazy. Guardian article that I read. So it is this is coming out of the UK. But it's only been 20 years that these have been in, in existence. So therefore, they're, they're, the health effects probably have not come to fruition. Like you, you, we, do, we don't have enough data to back up like what, this is, what adverse effects this might be having on the, on the entire population. I'll even say this to that point, that the scary part is experts agree that this study is conservative. Only a small amount of food has been analyzed like sugar, shellfish, beer, and the things that I mentioned before, which mm -hmm. equals about 15% of the calories consumed by the average person. So that whole, like, you know, this is, if you're brewing your tea in this way, that's one thing, but even as a, as a whole, more to mm -hmm. what you were speaking about, 
in general, 70,000 microplastic particles annually, five grams per week. Like that's only based on the data that we have, which is analyzing about 15% of your diet. Mm. So it's actually way, probably way worse. So I guess this is something that will come to a head in the next 30 years, just about. Because then, I mean, I mean that, that you have, got, yeah. Well, you have the, yes, it's hard because there's so many other ways that we poison ourselves now, right? We're, so, we're exposed to so much more, mm. less in other areas, but we're still exposed to a lot. Okay. Um, and yeah, you'll be able to see in your lifetime what it does to you. But as we know with epigenetics, this usually what we do to ourselves reverberates genetically for a couple of generations. Mm. Like if you decided to like put on a ton of weight or smoke or whatever mm. it is, like that stuff will affect your grandkids and possibly their grandkids. I like get, and I don't want to speak too much on it because I don't know how far down it goes. It probably varies for various reasons, mm-hmm. um, but that is something that happens. It's not, you know, your just your choices do not end with you, mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of an interesting concept. And in this case, these aren't really our choices. These are just a how much that we're being exposed to. research do we have in general that will that points to do we have any direct illnesses at this point that are a result of a high plastic diet because we could say that now like let's say you're having so many particles in your diet uh in general like is there is there anything at all with with regard to that because i mean the thing is we're all we're always afraid of it you know we're afraid of not the unknown but you know we're just like you know it can't be good to be having to have this much plastic in our diet I was just wondering if there's anything that any particular illnesses that are going to become more prevalent, uh, like that people are already conjecturing, conjecturing. Um, So what I'm seeing mm -hmm. is that, uh, oh, that's interesting. I didn't even think of it in that way. Huh? So one inflammation, which I guess it's because it's a foreign entity in your body and it's just like irritating it. Okay. So that, that, and your inflammation, especially um, chronic inflammation can lead to other things, right? Just imagine mm. getting punched over and over for your entire life. It's, it's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna cause damage. So, um, you know, inf- inflaming internally is not good for you. Um, but this is interesting and that's pathogens spreading on the plastic. So pathogens living on the microplastic and then you ingesting that. So it's in your fish, it's in your meat, whatever it may be in, in your tea. And if it's contaminated in any way, and then you're ingesting it, that's a way to spread disease. I'd never, wow. I never even thought about that. That's really interesting. Yeah, not at all. That, yeah, that, that's, that's, um, that is a cause for concern. Wow. (laughs) That's crazy. It's like plastics, the new, the new lice. (laughs) <laughs> in some respects yeah yeah or so yeah or introducing could they introduce you in some sort of parasites as well is there any kind of yeah. parasitic organisms that could be living yeah, who knows i mean that is uh it's that's chilling <laughs> yeah, wow i never even thought about that well i mean crazy. it's all and the, and the thing is we always talk about microplastics in fish because of all the trash in the ocean uh fish are continually ingesting uh so much plastic per year and they, there's an increase in microplastics especially like tuna i believe is like one of the oh no it's tuna with mercury um, and then my microplastics is a completely different issue. But now you've got tea to add to that list of our just beautifully earthly delights that are just poisoning us. One little so ingestion uh, session at a time. Listen, re-gift ideas, guys. If you happen to get a silken <laughs> tea bag, give it to someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Turn that sucker over. 
There you go. You're welcome. Give, give it to someone less informed. Be like, you should be listening to retraction. <laughs> that's right. Um, that's right. That's pretty good. I got a fun one to end on, or not to yeah, end no, on. Yeah, I don't know if you have anything. No, you, exactly. you got stuff. I got, got nothing. I got, I, I got, no, that was my, I had one big holiday thing. And then I was right. like, I want to rip on more holiday stuff. And then you were like, I got no holiday stuff. And I was like, well, I guess it's, I guess it's a Christmas episode of name only. It's, it's, it's sort of like Joe Manchin trying to vote for the, uh, for, <laughs> for the latest bill. It's like he's a Democrat in name only. So, dude, I see the headline about that guy. What is his, what's his deal? Like, <laughs> The thing is, is that I'm I get so annoyed when I hear like Congress, you know, why aren't they passing passing Biden's agenda? And that idea, I, I, the party loyalty thing just bothers me. So I, I want you to be a separate branch and you do what's right for your what you think is right and representing your constituents. Mm-hmm. So I don't like the rubber stamp notion mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. But like this is clearly good for everyone humanity and the ecosystem like what is his deal it's bad i shouldn't say like good oh, i know in terms he, of i can tell you what he says not but yeah better it's not better than what's happening this is better what's being proposed is better than what we have and so what is he doing well he believes that it's too short term he be- he wants something that's a little bit more long term and then he wants to cut okay, so i agree with that but go yep. on right so but he says so basically it's like he believes the Democrats are trying to pass 32 separate different things that are all good, but he would rather, but they're all short term. So they're all, it's 32 separate things that are going to expire within a year or two, maybe six. And he, he's saying, instead of doing 32, why don't you cut it down to 12 that will expire in 10 to 20 years? And that's his whole why thing. Can't they all just expire in 10 to 20 years then? Why? I mean, oh, because that's, sorry. So, and then you also have to believe he has to believe that the deficit is too big. So he, he's trying to reduce spending. That's why that's why you can't do 30. That's why I'm saying you ultimately you would say, all right, well, why don't you just do 32 different things at 20, 10 to 20 years? And he's saying, well, that's too much money to spend. Do we calculate natural disasters and repairing that? Don't like, put me do in we, the don't try to make me defend <laughs> defend Joe Manchin. I'm not why don't you I'm call not your this. best friend Joe Manchin and ask him and get back to us for the next pod. Well, Clearly, the beautiful thing is he doesn't alive. have to answer to us because he's not our representative. And isn't that the beautiful thing of this country? He's he doesn't, so he doesn't not, have to answer. So it's to not us. like a coal industry thing, right? That's kind of the, some of the propaganda look, that I can I hear always, now is yeah, that look, you can like, always be you know, cynical about the, it, the coal industry yeah. and it's not good for his coal constituents, coal contributors to his campaign i'm not even gonna give him the benefit the he's really saying that i'm with you guys but it's not enough and so i'm i'm arguing for more that's what I, it is look i'm gonna i'm gonna be i think that he is a, a senator and i think that senators have an outsized view of themselves i think there's a bit of an ego trip that goes with being senators that it doesn't necessarily exist on the congress level because it's not as prestigious um and i i think that he he fancies himself the, the the true president in in many respects and i think that he wants you know he wants things that are his idea and his way and uh and i think that yeah there's definitely going to be elements of whoever is floating his bills uh in terms of weighing on his policy but i think that he just enjoys being the the true arbiter of our destinies of like the nation's destinies i think he loves being in that spot and and then yeah there's a bit of a demagoguery going on with that i think that personally i think that's do you that's think he's lot. gonna so, but with that, you think he's going to fall in line at the end? I mean, he wouldn't do that to the detriment well, of everybody. No, well, right? he's already he already killed it. 
it's not happening. So uh, I think that when he goes back to craft something, but there's no other way for it to come back. Like that's it. No, that's it. Life. Yeah, it's well, no, it'll have to come back in a different form. And I think that he wants something that's going to be crafted that that has more of his 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 historical. What do you call it? His, uh, you know, he's doing something for his legacy. He wants something that's more in line with his legacy to say that this is the bill that I built for America. I think that I think there's something to be in line with that, and it probably it probably has to do with what is in line for the people that are supporting him in terms of like, yeah, it could maybe coal. It could be a number of different industries. Who knows? My point is, is that, you know, he wants something that he's at the forefront of and, uh, and yeah, we'll see what happens. So I, there's not much else to say about it. The whole thing is ridiculous. Um, it's a, it's a product of our system. The system is designed to be almost at an impasse at, at every, at every single pass, especially with a two party system it's a two-party system where most people are fighting. That's the thing. He's not even fighting for this party. He's fighting for himself. He's like a third party. He's like a party crasher at this point. Um, so. I can't, I, I, the logic though of it's not enough. All right. So pass this and build like, is this the type of bill where you pass this and you can't ever add to it anymore? Look, I'm like, not, I'm not under... going to dignify his actions with, the fact that there is sound logical reasoning behind it all, you know, you know, we, yeah. there's no road. There's no like, hold to to fall down here it's it doesn't matter at the end of the day what his like what the logic is behind any of his moves that the point is, is that he he is like the true president it's like the buck stops with him at this point and nothing can get pa- majority exactly and nothing can get passed without him and so it puts him in the headlines it puts him at the center of everything he is the most important government official in our great nation at this at this juncture and i think that for many people that would inflate you know that, that there's going to be some you know, with power comes power. <laughs> you know, there's that saying. It's like what, it's like power is power. You know, and, and so that there that's what it is. And, and I mean, he's going to take his moment because he it's 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 fleeting, right? You think this is all him just making an entrance? I think it's always been for the center in particular about being the center of attention. Yeah, like he want. <laughs> this is like the person who does want to go out. But they don't and want everyone to say they want everyone to man, force come them, on, dude. Yeah, come on. because you and think that's what this is. I do because I think it's I think it's every I think it's everyone wanted to go to the bar and he didn't really want to go to the bar. He wanted to go to a wine a wine bar and everyone else wanted to go to the sports bar and so he said I'm just not coming out and everyone wants you to come out. So they're like, well, we'll go to the wine bar just to get you out. And he's like, all right, all right, I'll go. That's who I think <laughs> this guy is. Yes, that's exactly right. I wish it was reversed because I like the wine bar. I don't like the bar. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But yeah, well, I'm right. just saying. I think that's where he is. Yeah, just to float that in there. But I think that's what's going mm. on there. So that's that's disappointing. Yeah. yeah, he was like, "Merry Christmas." You get nothing. He he put a call and everyone's talking. Literally, list. <laughs> <laughs> that's. Wow. I'm, how can there must be political cartoons with that? I assume so, because it's yeah. too good to pass up. It's, I haven't it's too obvious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it's great. Too obvious, but yeah. That's great. All right. Well, like I said, a fun one to end on. Here it is. Robot makes dramatic break for freedom from Russian facility. Uh yeah. Wait. I, I saw this. You heard about this? Yes. I did. Okay. I read it. I read about right. it. Go go into it. But yeah, I, I had some opinions on it. All right, cool. So, all right, let me, I'll just read what I have here. Scientists were teaching the machine how to move around independently, but it broke out of the facility when an engineer forgot to shut a gate. 
the robot made its way to a nearby street and escaped for over 40 glorious minutes and traveled <laughs> over 150 feet of freedom before making before its battery ran out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like paraphrased all that, but basically <laughs> that's what happened. I wish this thing had solar panels because I really want to see where it would have went. Mm-hmm. I mean, had it, it got out of the facility because of a gate? Apparently, this video of it standing in the middle of a street with like police and cars going by when it, where it finally ran out of steam. Um, but what I'll say is that apparently some people are accusing the lab that this is all a publicity stunt. But if it, even if it is, I'll say well done because that's pretty funny. But, it wouldn't be the first time. This because it's, it's Russia, right? Yeah, yeah. Because didn't they? They also had that scandal where they took a robot onto like a, a big like. Uh, like robotics fair and it was really a man oh my god yeah we covered that we covered that that? too it was was a company it was a russian company too wasn't it yeah no what was that robot what did it do yeah well it it was supposed to be like an artificial like you know the next evolution to robotics and it was doing all these amazing things and it was really a dude it was a person no it was a person in the robot suit yeah it was 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 the neck. yeah so yeah there was a person it was doing all the it was like dancing yeah it was doing all these crazy things oh my god yeah and then it turned out to be a guy in a suit <laughs> oh my god well this one is apparently a real robot uh, yeah the fact that it like a gate was left open and it ran out yeah um i just hilarious yeah uh, that's a funny story that's a funny story uh, it's all uh, yeah sure i mean it would have definitely implications as to uh you know the not, not limitations the well, more like what what limits might need to be in place if if ai were to i mean there's a lot of things that people say would need to happen for self-awareness so you never know it made me think where would it go though like let's just say this thing it's programmed to go move about independently where would a robot go getting out of this lab just like would it just go straight and run into a wall and just keep like hitting its head against it it might navigate around just keep going straight just head west it depends on what it depends on what independent means to its programming that's the thing that that's that's the to move without direction right to like move without instruction right but, but we have to think about what that would mean to a robot you know it's it, that's that <laughs> it's the it um, search for purpose exactly that i was gonna say it's like uh artificial not artificial intelligence but that self-awareness is always it's a bit of a monkey paw because you have to think about robotics is very or machines in general are, are actually very simple and so you have to think about their not nuts. I mean, of course, there's so much that goes into like being a uh, computer science or what have you. But I mean, at the at the core, when you're programming something, you know, it's 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 going to think of it in a very simplistic manner. And you have to think like, well, move about independently. Like, what does that mean to a program? What is what is what is independent movement at its core? That's what I'm saying. Independent movement could be bang your head against this this rock wall until you can like go through it. Because that means that's like ultimate freedom. It means the the wall is no longer in place. Therefore, you are now truly free, right? So I'm saying it could take it to that level. You, know, you have to think of it. You can't think of it in terms of like the way a human would be like, well, I could go anywhere. It's like, no, a robot might say anywhere means nothing could prohibit me from that movement. Therefore, it must be destroyed. So, it, so a robot might go around destroying every building it finds in order to allow its freedom of movement, right? That, that's what you have to think about when you think about like robotics and like in terms of like how simple a robot might take an idea. You made me think of something when you were talking. Okay. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> and, uh, no, no, no. Like it's, it's worth, it's like kind of what, not what you were saying because you're saying something different, but you made me think of something. <laughs> I can't if go there. Given, if yeah. given enough time, mm-hmm. 
does AI become its programmer? Yes, that that's what that's sort the of bias, what, the innate bias, the innate biases. Oh, well, we already talked about this. We already talked about this. especially this is a this is a big there's like that's actually a good there's actually worrying for this in terms of like the implicit bias of um, of uh, of apps like uh, and, and the way that the like Internet search engines work because they're thinking from the programming minds of traditionally, you know, a white male, for instance. And so they're programmed with the biases of what you'd expect when you look at the world from that viewpoint and it comes it comes the more i think the thing that we could address the easiest is like uh, whenever you you load up a video game and and you know you you look for hairstyles or you look for and this isn't really necessarily programming but just in terms of like just flat lay of the land you know you don't get as many ethnic faces because you're just not thinking in that you know world view necessarily when you're creating like uh, you know, you're 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 creating the interface to create a character in a video game. You know, you're gonna have more like white faces or faces of people that you're you're more familiar with than faces of people that you're less familiar with. I mean, that would naturally be something you would program in because you only know what you know. So to that extent, when you start to extrapolate a lot of things in terms of search engine facial recognition, that, that there's been huge lawsuits on with regard to facial recognition because it recognizes certain types of faces a little easier than other types of faces based on who's programming the uh you know really yes there's been a lot of problems with facial recognition especially when it comes to law enforcement usage because not all faces are discerned in a similar so what the way like doesn't it like put a grid on your face and have points of reference like the points of referencing the models used to determine that would be more of one race than another, or is that I, just not how it works? Well, I mean, I think there's, there's different levels to it, but I think a lot of the, not a lot of things I know a lot of the lawsuits that come from it are where law enforcement tries to use facial recognition. And because of the way the software is not necessarily formatted to spec out the differences, especially within like minority groups. And so they end up looking for one person that is not the person they're necessarily looking for based on what the computer is reading because they can't then the computer is not sophisticated enough to be identifying like one black person from another sometimes if they look too closely similar yeah yeah it sounds like the model they used yeah well as i'm saying it's it's what you're it's what's available and what you're thinking to exactly it's wow that's interesting but i'm thinking like robot right i'm programming it whatever Mm -hmm. it is and i don't know just like little hints of yourself that you don't even know you're doing and i guess it's like exactly what you're talking about but given enough time now it doesn't have the environmental stressors and the nurture and all that stuff that, that you have as a person but would it be inclined to to lean in towards things that you prefer so I don't know. But, I don't even. It's hard to say. But I like, think you're like, already. Like, but I think you're like, missing the. I mean, not, you're not missing a point. I think. But you. I think what you just said is is it is imbued with all the traumas that you as the creator have had throughout your life. That you see, what I'm saying like that. The what I've you're building that to that point in time, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. It will say because you are. Because you are. Yeah. Exactly. You're. You're like an amalgamation of everything you've ever been through, and you are going to to push that on to your creation. It's the same thing as like having children, right? <laughs> your past traumas. <laughs> All your baggage. <laughs> exactly. You, you're like, here, kids, like you you literally, you give that, you offload that luggage onto them and they, they now have to carry it and figure out why you were so messed up, right? If you don't do the work yourself. The same thing happens with AI, it happens with any creation, right? So I, I do believe that you will, in fact, give a lot of your own biases over to some sort of creation if you are trying to create that sort of uh awareness the yeah the way you think about the world is the way that computer is going to be 
programmed to think about the world. So that's really interesting because it says that, you know, the company says its machines can interact with humans, for example, by answering questions and giving directions. Um, and I wonder, you know, if that's it. So, so for example, would it be, is if a robot has a specific purpose, even if it's AI, and it was giving directions. So like your, your GPS, I guess, but even though that's not what it is, I guess this thing's supposed to wander around and help people mm -hmm. navigate a park or something like that. Like it would have like the programmer's essence in it and the way that what it answered. And I don't, yeah, like, how does that work? Well, I think it's more of a, it's more of the blind spots. It's that whatever you're blind to, it, funny enough, whatever you're blind to in life, that robot will also be blind to. So exactly. So you're That's navigating, fair. you're creating a robot to navigate for a person who can see, you know, like exactly. Like, let's say you, you can see you're broke. You're going to think about the programming for that robot and navigation in terms of what a person can see and not necessarily think about how that robot should be navigating. If it were working with someone who are blind by, by mm. nature, you, you might be tasked with having to do that either by law or cultural pressure or what have you. So you might, you know, you might enlist other people to say, all right, if I'm blind, how do I work with this robot? Because you yourself won't know. So that is saying it's more of what you what's what you're missing, like what, what is in your blind spot. That's really what the where the the imperfections of that robot will shine. It's in things you did not think about and that it will have to navigate at one point or another. And then people will be like, oh, actually, what, what you know, what's up with this robot? Because <laughs> you were able to mass, <laughs> you were able to mass some of these ignorances. And then that robot's out there operating with people that are a little bit more diverse than the. Oh, my God. You it is like a child. With. It is like a child where they repeat what you say in private and public. And it you're like, dude, <laughs> exactly. Dude, you exactly. got to cover that up. I got to clean this mess up now. I can't believe you did that. That's exactly oh what it is. That's, that's funny. That's, yeah. Oh, wow. That's funny. That's like how that. I'm thinking about it. That's really what I think we should be thinking about it. It's, it's what you it's what you don't say out loud. That's the problem. That's good. Okay. Well, that's yeah. what I got. All right. Yeah. No, it's a good place to end. It's a good Christmas episode. Love it. Jamie, happy they... holidays, everyone. Yeah. Happy holidays. <laughs> where can they find us, Jamie? Happy, happy government holiday from us at Retraction. <laughs> <laughs> government holiday number eight. <laughs> that's the way that that's how we that's a good start. <laughs> we are on the last government holiday of the Biocho. calendar year. The Ocho. Is that, is that, that's Spanish, right? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's, I'm that's thinking right. dodgeball. Yo, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Ocho. The Ocho. And um, with yeah, and with yeah, that, yeah, yeah well, no, no, no. Retra at Retraction Media, hit us up on Twitter, <laughs> rate us on your podcasting platform. And with that, uh, happy government holiday out. Ha <laughs> ha